If you miss it this week, we'll give you next week. So thank you for letting me do that. I'm going to begin a new series next week called Family Matters. Family Matters. Steve Urkel will not be here uh, for some of you people that watch TV in the 80s, but uh, we will do Family Matters. If you don't know who he is, don't worry about it. Uh, it's going to be an exciting series we're going to work through. Uh, and yes, you did do that. If you, We're going to find some things you say, did I do that? Yeah, you did. And we're going to help you get through some of those things you said that about. It's going to be a great series, and I'm excited about today. Gentlemen, uh, I, I want you to follow with me, husbands, wives, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters. Let me tell you, I believe that God has given me me a message for fathers today that's going to do two things. We're going to celebrate fathers today. Come on, celebrate our dads today. We're excited about you guys. Somebody needs to speak up for the godly Christian men in America. I salute you. I'm proud of you. I honor you. I'm thankful to be a part of you. You know, you guys are awesome. So we're here to celebrate fathers, and we're here to liberate fathers today. Amen? Now, now, ladies, I want to, I want to help you, and family members, stay with me through this message. You're you're going to be blessed and encouraged by the time we get to the end of this today. Some exciting things we're going to do. Do you know that you can celebrate somebody without denigrating someone else? What does that mean? We're going to celebrate fathers, but that doesn't mean we're not celebrating moms and ladies too. But today's Dad's Day. Come on. Is that all right, ladies? We're going to honor, celebrate these men. And as we do, it's going to bless everybody. The Bible says when one rejoices, we all rejoice. huh? And so we're good. We become so consumer-driven in our society. You know, we're so picky and so self-centered. People even pick church that way. Do you know a lot of people, uh, I remember years ago uh, when, we, when we were in Dallas, Texas, and all the churches used to advertise on the religion page every Saturday, and they always told what their sermon's going to be or who their guest speaker was going to be. And you know, there was always this, this cloud of mobile Christians who decided every Saturday where they're going to go to church. They didn't have a church home. Come on, you know what I'm saying? They were church hopping and church shopping all the time. You know, they're like tumbleweeds, no roots, just moving around. And, and, and you know what happens? That's consumer driven. Well, I picked this and I picked that. And, oh, you know, and, and ladies, so I, want to go, I don't want to go to church on, on Father's Day because I'm a mother. Like, let me tell you something. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. Amen. And ladies, you're going to be encouraged by what we learned today. So, so we're in Genesis 1. I'm going to begin there. Let me give you a couple of things, guys, uh, as we start moving in. I want to move into this and, and help you understand, I believe, something God has, has, has made real to me, some insight and revelation. I'm, uh, some things I want to remind you about, but there are some things today that I've never shared before to fathers, and I speak to men all the time, something fresh just for you guys today. The, the word father, it's interesting to me, uh, in, in the Hebrew, where we first begin to read this word in the Old Testament, is a two-letter word, A-B, uh, and, and instead of pronouncing it Ab, uh, in the Hebrew, they pronounce it Av, like A-H-V, Av. But this interesting thing about this, when you look at the definition of father, this word father, A-B in the Hebrew Bible, in the Hebrew concordance, if you look through the Hebrew words, it's number one. It's the first word alphabetically in the entire Old Testament. That should say something to us because listen to the definition of father. The, the term father means forefather, producer of a certain thing, architect, builder, creator, and the one who causes something to be. So you see this word father is a point of origin. Again, it's, it's fascinating to me. It's the first word alphabetically in the entire Hebrew Old Testament. Ah, the word father. It's, it's used in scripture in Romans 8, 15. The Bible says we use that term to speak about God only as believers. We call him what? Abba, father. Abba Father. It was against the law for a servant or slave to even use that term when he spoke to his master in that day and time because that was a word reserved only for family. Abba. It's interesting that, that in the Hebrew culture, they understood and expected that that, that simple word, A-B-A-Ab, or, or they would say Ab, was going to be the first syllable a baby would ever say. The first word most Hebrew babies ever spoke was ah, was father. Now, you know how it goes. Didn't you do that in your family? Uh, I remember we did with our girls. It was always a contest with Phyllis and I. What were they going to say first, mama or daddy? Come on, you know, you know how you did that. Didn't you do that at your house? And whether I heard them say dad or dada or not, I'd always say, I heard it, I heard it. And, and, and Phyllis said, they said, mama. I said, no, 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 they said dad. I heard them say dada, I was dad. 
You know, it, it's this first thing. There is this sense in God's design that fathers are originators. They're procreators, like architects, like builders. They're source of something through which, or an avenue through which God wants to do something. Think of the name Abraham. See, Abraham. Abe means father. The rest of his name, when God changed his name from Abram to Abraham, father of a great multitude. That word Abe, Abba, it means father. It's the beginning. It's the first word in our Hebrew Bible alphabetically. God puts this incredible trust in fathers. There's a protocol. There's an authority. There's a flow. Ladies, that doesn't mean that, that uh, God honors fathers more than mothers. Uh, that we, instead of us trying to decide who's better, men or women, instead of trying to decide who's more important, mom or dad, mother or father, husband or wife, why don't we look at our differences and, and find them as complementary and celebrate each other and realize there's unique things that ladies bring men don't have. Come on, how many are thankful for that? And there are unique things that fathers bring that ladies need and together there's this whole picture that causes God's purpose to begin to flourish. Let me help you with something here in Genesis 1. And, and, and I want you to watch this to help you understand who you are as a man, as a woman, and understand how God works and how, again, Christianity is not just a Sunday religion thing. It's a lifestyle. It's a discovering that God put me on this earth for a reason and that my life matters. Now, think about I want to make some statements here. I want to make sure we follow this. It's a logical train of thought. Let me, let me begin here and say this. First, God determines a role or a purpose, all right? God, he looks at the end from the beginning, all right? So before he ever starts, he already knows where he's headed. How many are thankful for that? So God knows what the plan is. He has an end goal in mind. So God begins looking at the end goal, and then he designs something to fulfill that goal. The Bible said about you in Psalm 139 that God began to write a plan, a goal, a purpose for your life while you were yet in your mother's womb. Stay with me. And so when God gave you a purpose, then he backed up and designed you uniquely to fulfill that purpose. Whatever God's plan for your life is, he designed you to do that perfectly. So he starts with the goal and designs you to be able to fulfill that, all right? He sees the end from beginning. This is only possible because we realize God's my source. He had a plan for my life. He designed me to fulfill that plan, and it all works because he's the source. How many can say amen to that? All right? Now, your source determines your potential. If I know my source, then I know the potential in my life. If I understand who designed me, who created me, who has a goal for me, if I know he's my source, then I have a lot of potential in my life. He's my source. Now listen to this. Your source determines your potential, and connection to your source determines your survival. Your source determines your potential, and connection to your source determines your survival. Now, what does this mean? Let, let's look at this. Genesis chapter 1. Look at God's order in bringing this world into being. Genesis 1, 11. Are you ready? Now, God had put, uh, he had created uh, this, uh, the light and the dark at this point in creation. He had separated the water from the land. And now he's ready for this earth to begin to take shape and be inhabited. How did he do that? Are you ready? Watch me. Genesis 1, 11. Watch this. Look in, look in your scripture. And what do we read? Then God said... Let the land produce vegetation. I've taught you this. I'm just laying this foundation to go to a next step. So what did he do? When it was time for the plant life to develop, God spoke to the land and he said, land what? Produce vegetation. Pastor, what are you showing me? Well, the land was the source of the vegetation. And what did I say? If you remain connected to your source, you survive. So if the land produced the vegetation... What happens if I pull a plant out of the ground? It dies. See, connection to your source determines your survival. So in God's order, he speaks to the land. The land produces the vegetation. As long as the vegetation stays connected to its source, it's good, right? Let's go to verse 20. He takes another step. Verse 20, and God said, let the water teem with living creatures. This word means bring forth abundantly. All right, so here's the same principle. What did I say? My source determines my potential, and connection to my source determines my survival. 
So he says to the water, water, you abundantly produce sea life. Well, what happens if I take a fish out of the water? It dies. What happens if I put the fish back in the water? It lives. So my source determines my potential, and my source connection determines if I survive. Are you with me? That's how he created everything that exists, that principle. But now you and I need to go to verse 26 because it really gets good now. Because you see this principle, you see how God creates, you see how God puts in order, you see how he brings about. And look at verse 26. When it was time to make you and me, ladies and gentlemen, you ought to already give the person next to you a high five. It's going to be this good. Just go ahead and do it in advance. So when God was ready to create you and me, he didn't speak to the water. And he didn't speak to the land because they're not our source. When God was ready to create the human race, he spoke to himself. And verse 126 says, and God said, let us, let us. Who did he speak to? Not the earth, not the water. Listen, we didn't evolve out of the swamp. We're not the random process of molecules that got together and there was a big bang. Listen, I know physics. I read physics. I read create. I've been there. I read it. But the Bible says, and God said, let us make man in whose image? Our image. So watch this. So if you take the fish out of the water and he dies, and you take the plant out of the ground and he dies, you understand if you take the man or the woman out of God, they're going to die. But if my source determines my survival, my source also determines my potential. And if I recognize my source is God, my potential is as unlimited as he is. If I connect to God, I then have the ability to be everything God created me to be see he saw my design my purpose and my goal so he designed me to fulfill that can you do you understand that today fathers you're amazing Men, you are amazing. I'm not sure what your father told you. I'm not sure if he blessed you. I'm not sure if you know him. I'm not sure if he was around. But men, I want you to understand, when God designed you, he drew you from himself. And there is no limitation on your life. If you stay connected to God, your source, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You men are amazing. You're a walking, living, breathing representation of God who created you. Pastor, how do I get connected to God as my source? I'm glad you asked. The Bible says there's one way. His name is Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you failed, if you blew it, if you missed it, if nobody taught you, nobody helped you, nobody showed you, sir. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, you connect to the God of this universe who designed you to be mighty. You're an amazing man. You're an amazing creation of God. Your potential is unlimited. Yet, okay, pastor, I get that. Is everybody with me on that? We're all on the same page there. Yet, yet, dads still need some help a little bit, don't they? So, so how do we, as men of God, with all this privilege and all this potential, how do we father? How, how do we do this? I want you to go to John chapter 10. Now, we're going to come back to Genesis, all right? But I want to take you to John chapter 1, excuse me, John 1 and verse 10 right now. So, Find that in your Bible or your device. Let's, let, let's look at this. John chapter 1 and verse 10. So, so how do we, Father, how do we take this privilege and this potential that God has put with all of us and, and, and do something productive? How do we, Father? There's some insight here. John chapter 1 and verse 10. Are you with me there? Let's see here. What do we find? All right. He was in the world, speaking of Christ, He came to us. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, right, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Verse 12, watch this. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now look at this statement, though. This shifts something. Gentlemen, you have to see this. Children born not of natural descent. So now he's talking about there's this family dynamic. There's this fatherhood, a father and children. 
But he says, it's not natural procreation. He became a father, but not in the natural avenue. What happened here? Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor a husband's will, but born of God. So we need to get this, fathers. We have this privilege and potential created in the image and likeness of God, drawn out of himself. As long as we stay connected to him, we, our potential is as unlimited as God. And yet we know as fathers, we're trying to get our act together and make this work. And there's a level I want you to see today that John 1 begins to tell us that there is a fathering or a fatherhood that's not just a natural ability to procreate. You understand, it's not just the ability to sire a child. There is something in the kingdom, there is a distinguishing quality of fatherhood that only comes through the work of God in our life. So how is that? How does that work? How do we father on that level? All right, let's, let's go back to Genesis chapter 1. Go back there, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. I keep taking us to the beginning. I want you to see original order. I want you to see what God puts in place. So how do we father on this level? What is this thing that he says sons and daughters were, were not of natural work? They're, they weren't. Uh, he, he's talking about something on a higher level. Some work of the Holy Spirit. So let's go back here to Genesis 1 and 1. So, so how did God create? How did God release his will and purpose? How did God's design become reality? Okay, you're with me? The, the scripture says, and I referred to it a moment ago. Now we're here in Genesis 1. That Psalm 139 says that in our mother's womb, God began to write a plan for us. God, the architect, began to design what he wanted your life to look like, all right? Now, listen to me. I, I think it's erroneous. I think it's an imbalance to teach Scripture that everything that happens to your life is so predetermined, it's just going to happen apart from your will. Does God have a predetermined for your life? Yes, a predetermination for your life. But this is what biblical predestination means. Listen to this. Biblical predestination means this. God's intention coupled with your decision allows you to enter into his predetermined plan for your life. Every human being has a good plan designed by God. But until I accept his son, Jesus Christ, and become connected to my source who created me, it's possible to live your entire life and never be in the will of God. Do you understand that? It's not predetermined that you're automatically going to live this life. That's why Jesus died on the cross. If everybody automatically lives the will of God and everything that happens is the will of God, then Jesus didn't need to die on the cross. But there's a choice and a free will that God gave us. And he has an incredible plan for everyone's life. But to get into that plan, I come through the door of Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Someone said, is that limited? No, because he paid the price. It's free so everybody can walk through that door. But unless I walk through that door and never make my connection, when I come through Christ, I'm connected to God. I now get the opportunity to live the life God designed me to live. So how does God take the people that are in our lives, fathers, and how do we, like God, release them into God's will? How do we father them so that they discover who they are and walk in his will and God's highest level comes into their life? See, there's more of the fathering than just creating a child. Anybody can father a child. It's human. Come on. I mean, it's human ability. It, 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 just, just to be able to uh, cause a woman to conceive, animals can do that. Huh? The animal kingdom does that. So what distinguishes us of men who are married is not just the fact that, that we were able to go through the uh, conception process with a woman. There's a higher level. There's a fathering level here that God invested in us. And how does that operate? Let's look at this. So, so what did God do? How did he release this? What's this thing that John 1 was talking about? Children not born, released, and fulfilled the way, just the natural procreation way. What, what was going on here? Let's look at Genesis 1.1. Follow with me here. In the beginning, 
There is a beginning, okay? And it's God. It starts with him. God created what? The heavens and the earth. Now, look at verse 2. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Uh, darkness was over the surface of the deep. I don't have time to teach you this entire process, but, but, but there was yet something to be fulfilled here, okay? So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And watch what happened. When creation, when the plan of God was about to be released, another quality is interjected here. Now what happens? And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So here's creation yet to be completed. God's design wasn't yet fulfilled. It was about to be. And in the moment when God was about to bring everything he'd planned into reality, the Holy Spirit came into play. And the Holy Spirit was hovering. This word hovering does not mean just stationary, but literally this is a beautiful word. The Holy Spirit's hovering or moving back and forth over the surface of the earth. And in the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit's presence, are you with me, guys? See, here's the difference. Stay with me, men. I'm not talking to preachers, just apostles and prophets and evangelists, pastors and teachers and doctors and reverends and holiness and pope and reverend. I'm talking to men. And here's our trump card. I want you to say it with me. The power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, say that. The power of the Holy Spirit. What I can't do, he can do. When I'm lacking in, he's not lacking in. Where my potential is little, his potential is unlimited. Are you with me right now? So God connects you and I to the agent that caused creation to become. So we're fathering. We're fathering not in our ability. We're fathering in the strength of the Holy Spirit. We are men that are only men able to do this because we've met Christ and now he connects us with the power of God. So, sir, quit looking at what you don't have and start looking at what you do have. Any dads here today? Stop talking about what your dad didn't have and start recognizing what your heavenly father does have. Stop looking for a reason to fail and start connecting to the God who created you out of himself. So so what happens? Here's the earth. It's in process. Are you with me? I'll say that. I don't have time to go to the Let's just say it was in process. And the Holy Spirit was moving, all right? So now we have the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit. And what did God do to father this? Verse 3, and what happens? And God said 10 times in Genesis 1, we read, and God said 10 times. When God began to create, to release, to fulfill his design, he said, God spoke into the atmosphere charged with the Holy Spirit and everything that he desired to take place became a reality. Sir, listen to me. Your words under the anointing of the Holy Spirit are one of the primary ways that you father everything around you. Dads, are you listening to me? Well, okay. I want you to get this. Come on, I want you to connect with me. I'm not, listen, 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 listen. I'm not saying you've got to have a theological PhD. Let, let, me, let's, let me break it down. To, how many of you men in the room can read? Now, I'm watching and your wife's looking. I'm, I want your hand up if you can read. There are some men who can't read. I'm going to try again. How many of you fathers can read? All right. If you can read, you can do what I'm telling you today. If you can't read, I have something called the Bible audio Bible. I'm as serious as I am breathing right now. If you will tell me later you cannot read, don't be embarrassed. I will get you an audio Bible so you can hear this word. Listen to me. That's all you have to have. God said, men, when you say what God said in this word, with the Holy Spirit operating in your life. And the Bible says if you're a born-again believer, he's operating in your life. Romans 8 says if we don't have the Spirit of Christ, we're none of his. But if we're a born-again believer, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is quickening you men right now. So as listen, dads, as you say what God said in his word about your wife, about your children, about your situation, because the Holy Spirit's present with you, when you say what God said in the presence of the Holy Spirit, listen to me, it is like God saying it himself the first time. You begin to release, 
and build what the architect designed and create something out of your words. Do, do, do you understand? Do, do you see this? I've got a lot to say in a little bit of time. Do you see how the fall of man robbed this quality out of most men? Th- think of this. The words of a father are so powerful and directive. Ladies, you provide amazing resources in any way, many ways. But listen to me. Men, 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 listen to me, Dad. We, without any doubt, know that women are typically better communicators than men. You know, we try to make it look better, so we call them the strong, silent type. <laughs> you know, we, we, we try to, you know, make it look better. We're the strong, silent type. <laughs> that just means you don't have anything to say. I mean, <laughs> we can dress it up. We can put a macho on it. You understand? Whatever. You can put a cowboy hat on it or you can hang a gold chain around the neck on it or whatever Whatever makes you do your thing. You know. But here's what happens. Men increasingly have very little verbal input. A recent study said that they, uh, these men agreed and they put a recorder on them during the time of their children. During their whole day, fathers. And the average verbal, direct words to their children for the whole day was less than three minutes. Less than three minutes. Now, guys, listen to me. Here's what I want to help you with. Here's what I want to encourage you with. This this is not, gee, I'm not doing my job. No, 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 no. This is knowing who you are. Your words are so incredibly powerful. God designed you as a father to release his will and word into the lives of your children. And when you say what God says, it releases the Holy Spirit in that place. It causes that child to have the atmosphere to flourish. So what happens too often, either we don't say anything... You know, what? It's, it, I mean, it's just everything's default. Dad, can I do this? Go ask your mother. You just missed the teaching moment. Dad, what do you think? Go ask your mother. You know, or, or you sit there for like four hours and never said a doggone word. Can you say doggone it in church? Thank you. Never said anything. Or... If we speak, it's only critical. Bang. Don't do that. Why did you do that? What's wrong with you? See, guys, I want to help you. See, so, so that's enough on, on, on that part of it. But our words are powerful. It, it, they're so powerful. Watch this. When, when, when God said, you know, what you say determines this. When, when uh, uh, Jacob was a deceiver and a planter and his father's, you know, I don't know, that's pretty bad. How would you like to have a kid born and you name it? Here's, here's your son. You know, the wife holds him up. Here's your son. And, and Abraham goes, deceiver. You know, that's what he named him, Jacob, deceiver. How would you like that name? Go to school in the first grade. Hello, son, what's your name? I'm Deceiver. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, you know. And, and guess what he grew up to be? A deceiver. Stole his brother's birthright and his blessing. But when he had an encounter with God the Father, he listened why he said, I know what all these other people called you, but I'm going to negate their words. Everybody listening to me that's had curses spoken over you? The father met him in a moment and said, I'm going to negate their words and I cancel your name, Jacob, and I call you Israel, prince with men. See how that works? He, he found Peter, and Peter's just rough-talking, cussing fishermen, you know, and bragging here and doing this and doing that. You know, he had a little fishing deal out here on the Tennessee River, and he was cussing and fishing and doing his thing, and Jesus walked up. He said, hey, you. He goes, yep. 
He said, you know what? I know what your name is now, but I'm going to rename you, boy. You're going to be a rock. You're not going to be a reed blown about, but everybody come. I make a rock. See, God changed your name. When I went to India the first time, I, I, you know, it's a Hindu nation, and there's all these long, you know, uh, Indian names, you know, their uh, last name. And then everybody in church is Joshua and Caleb and Paul and Joseph and, 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 and Nathaniel and Malachi. I said, who named all these people? Where do they all get these names? And they said, oh, in India, when you come to Jesus, we put a new name on you. Everything changed. Your whole name, your whole identity changes. And they proudly carry that name. They know who that is in the Bible. And boy, you tell them, oh, my name's Joseph. I am am Paul. My name is Peter. My name's Nathaniel. My name's Matthew. Why? Because it's so powerful as you begin to say a name. Let me hurry. Proverbs 18.21. Proverbs 18.21 says, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Sir, you have the ability today to speak mighty, powerful things that release the the glory of God. Let, let me show you something very quickly, and I'm going to have to try to try to bring this around. Go, go with me to Ezekiel 37 and verse 1. How many are turning? The power of your word, sir. Are you listening to me, men of God? Do you know Ezekiel 37? Turn there. Your words have the power to break every negative thing that has ever been said over a son or a daughter. Maybe you blew it, blew it, blew it because you didn't know how to get it right. Listen to me. You father by your words. What did God say when it was time to release? He said, let there be. God said, God said, God said, God said. Under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, his words release the potential of this earth. Sir, those children around you are looking to you, and you may not have a thousand words, you may not have a PhD, but you can get that Bible and say what God says over them. You release something creative and powerful in the lives of your children. They rise up to be, listen, it's, I, I don't know how to explain it. Ladies, you provide some things that are absolutely irreplaceable, but the blessing was spoken by the Father. It's just this God's protocol and the way his creation flows. Your father, you're the first alphabetical word. You're the one that, that, that causes it to come into existence. Your wife comes into agreement with you. The Holy Spirit is in that home and your words. Is anybody listening to me? I'm, I'm, I, I don't mean this is not just for the upper 1% of these incredible men. Listen, I don't say you got to walk around and pray in tongues all day and give all, 100% of your income to God. Come on, get with me. I'm talking about a man who can read his Bible, who understands it's not me, it's God. I'm standing in his place. He created me with this ability. And sir, your few words spoken that are life release the purposes and plans of God and those around you. Ezekiel 37 verse 1. I want to show you a couple things here. The power of what we say as God directs us. God brings the prophet Ezekiel, familiar passage, to the valley of dry bones. Uh, They were dead. The bones were dry. It was a valley where an army had so been defeated. So many thousands of men had died. They didn't bury their dead. They left them there to rot in the sun. Their bones, now all that's left. A place of shame, defeat, and disgrace. And verse 4, this is what God said. Look at this. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones say to them dry bones hear the word of the lord okay uh so uh then we 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 go down in verse number seven so i prophesied as i was commanded let's go to verse nine then he said to me prophesy to the breath prophesy son of man and say to it this is what the sovereign lord says verse 10 so i prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them are you seeing that so so he says This is what you say. The prophet said it, and God backed it up. And then he says to them, then he's, look at verse 11. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone, and we are cut off. Our generations are saying the fathers are gone. The children are scattered. The families destroyed in America. But I say to you men of God, that if God is with you, and God is for you, and you speak what God said to speak, it may be a sentence to begin with it's just a word to begin with but you say what God says and this is what God says to them he says I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them I will bring you back to the land of Israel then you my people will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them watch this if I I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your land 
then look at this. Then you will know, look at this, that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it. Now, wait a minute. I just read to you three times. He said, Ezekiel said it. Ezekiel said it and God backed it up. But he ended up by saying, then you'll know I said it. Well, wait a minute. Ezekiel said it. But when you say what God tells you to say, it's like God saying it. Fathers, when you step in that house, recognizing the Holy Spirit is with you, God is for you, that you're connected to your source, men, stop wavering. Stop thinking, I don't have it. I can't do it. You're connected to the God of this universe. You're full of the Holy Spirit. Your words carry power to stop every curse, to break every work of the enemy. See, Children grow up either blessed by their father, rising up by their father, encouraged by their father, or maybe they are cursed by the words and broken and battered, or maybe there's just this void that I never heard anything. But God has brought you to places like this where you are learning, if my earthly father never blessed me, God blesses me. I have the word of the Lord blessing me. I would not presume to say that I'm your father. I would not presume to to say that I could fill that role but I am a spiritual leader in the kingdom and I can say over you today that if your father did not say it I will prophesy over you today in the name of the Lord and it is like God saying it you are accepted, you are loved, you are chosen, you are mighty you are the creation of God what man lacks God does not lack that's the atmosphere of fathering that's in this house It's so powerful, guys, when we begin to see this. And here's what I want to end with. Men, look at me. We we always think of fathers and God speaking. Watch this, watch this. From up to down. But can I tell you, the Bible says in Philippians, here's Jesus' example, that although he was God, Philippians 2, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself taking on the form of a man. And he that knew no sin, I'm now jumping to 2 Corinthians 5, became the sin offering for us. Do you realize, dads, watch me, look at me, that although I could stand up and talk down as a father, but when I kneel and look at my family eye to eye, do you know what kneeling does? Kneeling is humbling to me, but it's exalting to those around me. And I make myself equal. I make myself with you. And I don't talk down to you. I speak with you. I get on your level. I look at my children in the eye and I say to them, you're chosen by God. You're loved by God. Jesus told the disciples, quit worrying about a title and pick up a towel. Follow my example. Quit worrying about a title. Quit beating your chest. Listen, if you got to go in the house and beat your chest and tell everybody you're big daddy, you're not big daddy. Huh? If the only people that listen to you are afraid of you, you're not, you're not fathering. But you come and you, you say, you know what? I want to get the towel. I don't need a title. I just need to love you. And, 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 and then this, 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 this is something. Remember what the words do, what the words do. It, it's, it's, I'm running out of time, but I got to show you this last scripture. Look at me in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5. Men, you can do this. You're anointed. Ephesians 5. You're called. You're chosen. You're connected to God. Your resource is unlimited. I, I, I've seen this and I've read this, but, but never before as clear as today when I see fathering by what I say. Fathering with the attitude how I say it. Taking a towel instead of a title. See, how does a husband, a father, prepare his family? We're, we're told in Ephesians 5 verse 22 or verse 21. Uh, we always start on 22. What about verse 21? Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Did all the men and the women read that? So let's quit fighting about who smits the who. It starts off, we're on the same team. Then verse 22, he begins to follow an order of protocol, how God brings something into play. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church's body, which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to their husbands in everything. But, but before you ladies get up, 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 wait. But look at this. This is never going to be a problem if, if this whole thing works. 
Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. My God. You're never going to have a problem cooperating with somebody that loves you enough to die for you. That loves you enough to put you first in every way. All right? But watch. How does, but this is what, this is, look at this. I'm talking about fathering by the words. Look at verse 26. How does a husband do this for his wife and family? Look, to make her holy, cleansing her, how? By the washing with water through the word. Do you see that? You know what you do, dad, with your words? You wash your family. All the residue of curses, all the residue of this world, all the residue of Satan's accusations and the brokenness of dysfunction. Dad, as you get here and look at your family, speak the word of God, you wash the burden off them. You wash the lies of the devil off of them. And, and, and listen, to, listen, 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 listen to me. Nobody can do this for you like the, the appointed protocol of God's word. Ladies, 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 Listen to me, ladies, only your husband has the right to wash you with his words. All those other men, men, that's flattery. It's devious. They're not washing you. They're cursing you. Children, listen to me. All those other things to substitute for the word of your father, when we become rebellious, we begin to let the words of other people dictate our identity and who we are. You're not being washed and healed and restored. You're being lied to and deceived. But God wants to bring a person in your life connected to a source, mighty in God, to wash you, to renew you, to set you free, to know who you are, to clear the windshield off so you can see where you're going. The word of God. Men, we father by the words we speak. I want you to stand with me. And I don't want anyone to go, please, unless you just, you know, you got an emergency. Well, I don't want you to die. But otherwise, stand and stay here, all right? It's an important moment. Important moment. I want our musicians to play. I want all the fathers to come and stand here with me today. Come on, fathers. Come on, men of God. Come on up and make some make room. Look at all the fathers. Man, look at the men of God. Look at these guys. Come on, let's thank God for these guys. What an amazing turn. Look at this. Come on, fathers. Thank you, men. Thank you. Thank you. I salute you guys. I'm honored to be your pastor. Man, look at these guys. Ladies, you know I love you. You know we love you here at Calvary. But I'm going to tell you, this just fires me up right here. You men are awesome. You know why I look at you? I look at the potential that's in your life. I see what you're doing now. I know what you can do. Man, I want to challenge you today. Listen to me today. I want to speak a blessing over you today. I do this a lot. But we're, I'm, we're going we're gonna to add another layer to it before you go, okay? You don't want to leave if you're standing there. You don't want to miss what's going to happen here in a minute. Man, I want to speak over you. You know how someone said they were poor Growing up and didn't know it until they left home and saw how other people live. You ever heard that saying? It's kind of usually how you hear that term. I didn't know I was poor until I left home. Found out I grew up poor and didn't know it. Well, I didn't know I was blessed until I left home. And I looked back and said, dear God, I took all that for granted. I was blessed. Had a man of God for a dad. My dad wasn't perfect. But he sure was a great man. He loved God, loved people. He was an honest man. He was a hardworking man. He was a man's man. Men, listen to me. You know how my dad spoke most of this stuff over me? We didn't sit down. You, know, you may want to do it this way. Maybe you're a little more studious or whatever. We didn't, didn't sit down and have a class. And, you know, he's, okay, sit there. Let me da-da-da-da. You know how he spoke most of this over me? We just did life together. He walked in my room at night before I went to sleep, spoke something over me. In the morning while we sat, he spoke something over me. When we were at the table, he spoke something over me. While we're driving in his truck, going to work, he, we're just talking. You understand? Listen, sometimes less is more. You, you get that, dads? 
Some of you guys have taught some of the most boring Bible studies that any kid has ever heard in his life. I'm not trying to mess you up, but I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't want you to walk out here and think, all right, starting tomorrow night, we're going to do an hour Bible study every night. Your kid's going to hate that stuff. You may not be anointed for an hour. Are you understand what I'm saying? I'm not asking you to become the next Billy Graham. Let's be real about this. All right? Remember, these are God's words. Then take a thousand, one can change a life. Do you get me, men? You, you, just be you. You don't have to be one word, one sentence, one phrase. See, these are God's words. It doesn't take a thousand. Just be with them. Be intentional. Realize God's with me. Quit fighting. Am I worthy to say it? The answer is no, none of us are. But he made us worthy to say it. Quit fighting the battle. Do I know enough? Just say what you do know. Just start where you are. Just speak his word. So I want to bless you today, men. I'm going to, I want to free you from insecurity. I want to free you from struggling to be accepted. I want to free you from thinking, I've got to perform or nobody's going to love me. I've got to hold this thing. I want to free you to know that God loves you. You know, when Jesus began his ministry, guys, when he was baptized by John, remember that? The Holy Spirit came on. Hadn't started his ministry yet. It was the beginning. Hadn't started. And, and, and what did God say? This is my son. I love him. And I'm really pleased with him. He was pleased with him before he did a thing. He loves you. He's pleased with you. Not because you earned it before you started. He loves you because you're his. You guys need to get this. Your wife can't do this for you. Your job can't do this for you. Your successes can't do this for you. You with me? There's something the Heavenly Father gives you that there's no substitute for. I want to bless these men. Would those of you back there extend your hands agree with me over these men? Men, you can kind of just do like this. That says, I'm going to receive this, Pastor. Father, over these men, this world batters them and pulls on them and tempts them. This flesh pulls them in one direction, and yet they hear the voice of God. And these men have a desire to be godly men, to be great fathers and husbands. Lord, I declare over them today that the curse of words are broken in the name of Jesus. Why? How? Because you said what you have blessed cannot be cursed. And so I speak a blessing over them and every undeserved curse has to fly away from them like a bird that cannot find a place to light. I break the curses off of you today in the name of Jesus. I break the temptation. I break the, the bondage. Temptation will come, but I break the bondage off you. I bless you with godly, holy hearts. I bless you with courage and faith. I bless you that you are accepted. I end your struggle to be accepted. I bless you with the love of the Father. I declare over you today that you are men chosen, loved, and created by God. I declare over you that you are men who are mighty in the land. I declare that you are men who can hear God and know God and walk with God and represent God. I declare that you are men who are not bound by the sins of your fathers. I break generational curses and speak a generation blessing over you. I take the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross and I speak it over your life, your body, your mind, and your spirit. I declare that you understand his word, that you have communion with him, that you are not inferior or insecure, that you are not depressed and discouraged, that you are not secretive and hiding, but you are open and bold and strong and healed and well and good and a blessing and you carry the words of God in your spirit and in your mouth. I declare that you will not be afraid. I declare that you will not go back. I declare that you are mighty men. I declare that where you've been lacking, that you are being filled with the Spirit, that you are growing. I declare that you will begin to read his word and speak to God and know him like a father. And everything you always wanted in a father, you will begin to find in your heavenly father. And your life moves in a new direction. Fulfillment and healing, strength and blessing in the name of Jesus. I speak it over you mighty men of God in Jesus' name. 
in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Now, men, I've usually stopped right here, but I'm not through because God dealt with me. Now, I want all you men to turn around right where you are and face this direction. Now, I want everybody out there to do your hands like this because you're about to be blessed right now by these men of God. Men, listen to me. I want to speak a blessing, and I want you men to repeat it out loud after me. All right? We're going to start this thing off. We're not going to wait till tomorrow. You ready? You're mighty. Do you realize what's about to come out of this place right now? These men are going to father this place right now. They're going to speak the word of God, and it's going to be anointed as if God himself said it over you. You ready, men? Repeat after me. In Jesus' name, name, I accept my role role as a father. I speak this blessing blessing under the anointing anointing of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. In Jesus' name, name, I bless you today. I I say you are chosen chosen. and you are loved. You are are forgiven forgiven. and you are healed. healed. Where you've been broken, broken. the Father Father speaks healing. Where you've been bound, bound. you're released. Where you've not been accepted, you are now chosen. I declare over my wife, you're a gift of God. And I receive you. And I release you to be everything God created you to be. To my children, I declare you are created in the image of God. I am your father. I love you. I recognize you. I bless you. I release you like an archer puts an arrow to his bow. With my words, I point you in the right direction. And with my strength, I release you to hit the target for which God has created you. I bless my family. I bless my home. We open our lives to the presence of God. Our household is blessed from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Thank you, men of God. Well, what a great day, huh? What an awesome gathering. Thank you, men. I bless you today. God bless you.